Today, I have the pleasure of speaking one of young Hollywood's new up-and-comers, Ren Barnes, actress, producer, director. Uh, she's worked in the art department. How are you today, Ren? I'm doing great today, Robert. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's uh, one of those bipolar Southern California days of the fall where it's winter at 4 in the morning and it's summer at, uh, you know, 11, and, uh, 11 uh, past. Yeah, I was just thinking today how grateful I am it's so hot. I love the heat, and, and I love the humidity, so it's amazing to be finally living in Los Angeles. <laughs> you know, well, you lived in Utah for a little while. You're, you know, you were born in San Jose, California, so you've been all over the place, it seems. Yeah, I got my film acting degree in Manhattan, New York. I got my bachelor's in business at University of Central Florida, I lived around... And love love to travel. Just flew back from Hawaii, worked on a few sets there. Oh, that sounds terrible. Can't complain about working on, in Hawaii on a film. <laughs> it sounds absolutely awful. I don't know why you'd ever want to go. I know. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm weird like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, you have your business degree. You have your degree in acting. You're all over the place working. Um, what's it like when people finally start taking notice of your talents beyond just being an actress? Um, well, I think that's just maybe a way I differentiate myself in making films is I, I have an understanding that I add value to a project with a business acumen and experience and understanding how to make something marketable or profitable. And I, I, I do take it, the creative project and wanting it to do well, um, and it's really been a year that I've, I've really gained a lot more recognition uh, as someone who's doing lots of different things right now, and I'm really excited about 2020. Well, you've worked with some heavy hitters in action, so I don't, you know a lot of pe- women don't go in that regard unless they've had a martial arts background themselves. I mean, you worked with Steven Seagal, <laughs> Chuck Liddell, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I love action films. I love a part that challenges me physically. I think I can bring that emotion to the screen of um, fight or flight or panic or, or just kind of this heavy action type type feel, and I enjoy it, and I have a good range. I love comedy. I'm working on a lot of comedies right now. Um, and it's a real an honor who, I've, I'm, who I'm working with. I just got off the phone with a new director I'm working with who's Emmy Award winning. I'm working with an Academy Award winning writer. So really, it's looking at the team and, and and finding people that are brilliant, and you share together, and you make great decisions together, and you add uh, add more and more to the project of where it can go, and and making it the best version. When you know, you just start off with a blank script. You know, there are words on a page, and it's our job to bring them to life. So wherever you wherever I fit into a project, I, I play different roles: director, screenwriter. Uh, producer, uh, I've, I've done all different aspects of producing at this point, and I just love it. It's my passion, and it, and I see myself doing it for a while. Yeah. Nice. Uh, it's interesting that you brought up comedy since the Joker just came out, and Todd Phillips, the director of it, who's <laughs> whose notoriety has come from comedy, says he won't direct comedies anytime soon because of the hypersensitive uh, hypersensitivity of society. What's it like making a comedy now where everyone's walking on eggshells? Well, that's something that I I feel like a life calling to kind of find a niche in there. And there's some there's some very famous comedians that 
are kind of aging out, and I really want to bring back some older kind of comedy. And and I think there's a there is a really fine line. Like to me, I don't think it's the most. Um, you know, anybody can make fun of somebody, mm. and I think that's a real cheap. You know, you if you make fun of somebody and you hope somebody laughs, to me that's not truly wit. You know, so so like to really find comedy. And there's a lot of books I read about it, and, and, and I don't want to go into, like, theory and, and such. But I, I find, like, complex comedy, I really enjoy. There's, there's ways of t- telling a story in a comedic way that makes an audience laugh, where you're not, like, just doing... To me, I feel like that's a, a poor job of doing comedy, if you're having to just, like, throw in a bunch of filthy language and, and potty humor and, and make fun of people and then just stop and stare at the audience and hope for you get it, you get, they laugh. Like to me, there's something higher than that, and I'm I'm really trying. It may take years, but I would love to bring some higher quality comedy to the screen. So in a big way. So basically, more humor than just the slapstick potty humor that's been permeating the industry for the past five to I ten years. I love slapstick. Yeah, I love slapstick. Um, I like physical humor. I, I think slapstick isn't. Again, it's. I'm really studying it in a way that I'm trying to bring back certain times. Not so much like, I mean, at the expense of others, I think I've really not enjoyed comedy where they just make fun of people or make, like to me, politics I don't think has a place in comedy and a long time ago I wanted to be on, like SNL, it was like a small dream as like almost a child, like oh I'd love to be on SNL but to me I was even thinking about this week, like I just don't want to, I don't think, I think politics is too like. People are too sensitive about that. And it's not right. funny. People get mad and angry. I don't think that, like, to me, I think that's a mistake in itself. But I, I mean, I, I don't run, run things. I'm just hoping to contribute it and right. some positive things long term here. Well, if political humor is not your thing, it's not your thing. No, I don't know. No. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, you know. People get upset and angry. Right. Well, faith, yeah, that's true. Well, faith-based films are a huge uh, draw right now, and so people yeah, are turning um, more towards those at the at uh, this trying time. Well, I mean, I think more and more, if you're a parent with young kids, you can't take them to see the same things you could 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. There's just um, the rating system has changed, and what's PG is not the same as what used to be PG even. So um, I, I find that, you know, if you're thinking about even ticket sales, it's a good idea to think about how you could put five or six people or more in a, in a place, you know, to get tickets together. And, and that is a family film. It's something, you know, as we go through life and have challenges, maybe you'd be good to show how something inspiring could you know, or making the best choice in a difficult situation. You know, that's that's something that I think a young mind wants to see and be inspired by, and it carries with them for a while. So, yeah. Well, I know that you were seven years old when you walked into the living room and just blurted out to your parents, <laughs> I want to be an actress. So, like, what was your inspiration at seven? Was it cartoons? Was it some movie that you saw? Like, <laughs> you know, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which, uh, you know, was always on repeat on TV? Gene Wilder's brilliant. No, yeah. Too bad he's no longer with us. Um, but what I would say is, you know, you you go and you watch a show when you're a little kid, and you go, "That's 
I'm supposed to be on there. And I mean, this is a little kind of be never had visited LA. In fact, the first time I ever came to LA, I think it was only three or four years ago. Um, so it's kind of amazing to me how my career has really built up without even being here and then how it's just exponentially growing being here. But it was just like, okay, I'm going to go tell my parents. Like, okay, we're having a meeting on the way to the Like, okay. Okay, I need an agent. They're like looking at me kind of like, okay, wow, this little kid is like having us sit down here and here to have an agent. And I was like, hey, we're having another meeting in the living room, you know, and it's kind of like, look, I need an agent. When you're kind of in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, you really got to, you know, put a little bit more effort. But, you know, very shortly after that, I played young Dolly Parton with Dolly Parton in the Dollywood commercial, and I worked with Jake Dylan Hall in October Sky. So um, there's this thing where, I feel like I was able to, um, I was really able to just take some immediate things that, you know, grew my career and, and I uh, went and got my, you know, I turned down a modeling contract out of high school. I said, no, I need to get business degree. I need to know business. And so now I really take very seriously making good decisions as a producer that are strategic and um, really considering making sure we're making um, the best decisions possible for the, for the whole for the whole film. Well, you mentioned working with Dolly Parton on that commercial, but that wasn't the only time you worked with her. You worked with her on a country Christmas story. Yeah, that was really <laughs> a special moment as I as I was in a horrible car accident and very like weeks like about, I think it was like weeks later, a month later, I ended up working with Dolly Parton in Gatlinburg and at Dollywood, you know, being at home like movie, it was a Christmas movie, it was just a super meaningful, it was a nice full circle to that experience and um, you know, I think that really that car accident was the moment, my aha moment where it was like I'm still alive, why am I not chasing my dreams and now I'm just kind of going at it full force Well what happened with the car accident if you don't mind me asking Yeah, it was a Monday morning and I was driving I know the speed limit was normally 70. I was going 55. And this 18-wheeler in the left lane, um, which trucks weren't even allowed to be in the left lane, uh, was going so fast, it hit my car, but was pushing it. So it kind of locked my bumper with it, the front of the car, front of the huge 18-wheeler constructed flatbed. Um, and started pushing it 70 miles an hour. And then I flip, 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 hit the concrete median, flip, flip, flip across four lanes, hit the metal railing, flip back in the middle of the interstate. And this is a four-lane interstate north of Nashville, Tennessee. And my car caught on fire. It was a completely destroyed. Axles on the ground. Tires popped off. Windshield shattered. My door was perfectly in perfect shape, though, my driver's door. And as I was flipping through the air, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm, I'm going to die today. And if I live through this, I'm going to be paralyzed. And um, it was a complete miracle that I walked away from it. And so the, the, short, the short version is I was laying in the hospital bed. I said, God, why am I still alive? And I heard his voice say, I still have good work for you to do. So it was like this thing where, like, I felt a calling on my life at the age of 15 to, to do film producing specifically, like, as a where I'm meant to be and a purpose in the world and um, I just know that this is where I'm meant to be and and these doors are opening for me so much this year and I know I've done some things and, and it's almost like I forget it you're reminding me I'm like oh yeah I've done that I've done that too but I just look forward to so much the, the 
I'm on the cusp of these really great films and opportunities, and I'm in contract for things that haven't come out yet. I'm just so excited that you're able to um, interview me. That means so much to me because I'm just so thrilled about even what's to come. And, you know, just to wrap up the class, and that means just to me, I'm like, it's it's all bonus time mm-hmm. is the way I see it. Well, after walking <laughs> away from a car accident. Yeah, and there was a there was a nurse, an RN professor that said the whole thing, and I mean it was great because she even said like, "Well, when I saw that truck hit you, it's a miracle you survived." And I prayed, and, and she stayed with me for the ambulance came, but it took twenty minutes for an ambulance to come. So I, I think about how I wouldn't even made it. It was another twenty minute ride to the hospital. So I mean, it's just so amazing that I didn't break a bone. Um. Yeah. And just minimal yeah. cuts and bruises? I didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have any cut. I really didn't have any cuts and bruises. To be honest, when I was laying on the side of the road waiting for the ambulance to get there, it was permanent. So. Wow. <laughs> That's like this random thing. It's like you're like laying there like, what just happened? You know, and then getting bit up with bugs. And I'm like, <laughs> that was actually the worst part, but... You know, it was one of those moments where I felt like I lost everything. And I'm telling the short version. You just kind of like, you're kind of just immediately out of sync with anything in your schedule for that week or the next month. You're just like, wow. But I felt like within a year, within six months probably or a year, I mean, I was in the best shape of my life. And I took my love of swimming and I started swimming a lot and getting into yoga and I'm really grateful to be in just near perfect health even now. I just it, it's a, it's a blessing for sure. Wow! And you're sitting there laying in the hospital bed, and everyone's freaked out basically that this young girl is sitting there with barely any scars and just yeah got hit by an eighteen wheeler, flipped fifteen times, no problem. Got out of the car and just sat there. And the worst part is you got bug bites. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the bug bites because um, yeah. <laughs> that'll just heal, but. I mean, it's, 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 I feel like, you know, there was, I prayed that an angel, that angels would protect my car that morning. And I just think that, that, you know, if you look at the pictures of the car, my driver's door was just untouched, but everything else was just destroyed. So it's just, you know, there's something supernatural and, and, you know, that I can't explain that protected me and, and just it just gives a deeper, richer meaning to, you know, you have your good days and your bad days. We all do. And sometimes we get more challenges and more things go wrong. This is a very entrepreneurial type type business where, you know, it's interesting. You think you get bad news, but it's really good news. So sometimes you just have to just let it play out and, and kind of trust the process. And, um I'm just really, I, again, I I mean, there's a certain part where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but the amount of, you know, I don't want to sound boastful, but the amount of people that, like, come to me and tell me, like, daily or even multiple times a day that I inspire them, they're motivated to be a better person because of me, or that they, they like, even say, like, like, I'll even say things and they'll reframe it like someone did yesterday at an event, like, no, you're already doing it, you are... You know, and, and and it's just so wonderful to kind of just see that hard work. My hard work has put off because it's a lot, 
you know, a lot of hard work and a lot of sacrifices. Um, and I just don't think anybody rolls out of bed and just goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this business and it's just, you know, without all that hard work. But it really <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Well, it seems that God is a four-letter word in L.A. these days. And, uh, you know, people tend to be bothered by someone either having faith in God or developing a faith in God, especially after something as horrific as what happened to you. Um, how do you find the balance with that? Because a lot of people don't like mentioning God in anything that they do, especially in this town. Well, I find that there's a, there's a lot of hope. Um, I mean, for one is I tend to be blunt and honest over like sugarcoating, which I think separates me from some of the L.A. culture. And I think right away I build integrity just because, you know, facts are facts. If that's my story, that's my story, first of all. And my experience isn't going to be – I think that's the thing about life, though. We all wake up with the same pair of eyes and the same body and we have our own experience, right? But it's like we actually are usually really surprised when we get to know other people and really understand who they are and what they've gone through and all these challenges they've overcome. And, and I see I see my faith in God as hope, and I think it's a very positive, uh, motivating thing for me. Um, I, I guess, like, everyone has their own free will. They can decide what they want, and they can experience. And I think perception, we all perceive things differently, the same way that you could have a, you know, for one thing is I never blame God or Matt got, got mad at God in that accident. I mean, even flipping through the air and, and surviving it briefly after the accident, I thought, wow, if I'm still alive, I'm alive for a reason. And I think that, you know, there's behaviors and there's response to our environment and all these complicated things in life, period. But I think that's just how my soul responded to that. I got excited you know, instead of angry or anxious, I got excited at the possibility and the opportunity of, wow, what's in that? You know, that wasn't an accident that I survived it. It would be way more statistical I wouldn't have. So, <laughs> um, I think, I think there's a, there's a thing where I'm just sharing my story and anyone listening to this can, you know, find what they want, but no, I have a lot of excitement and hope in it. And, um, that's my story. And have you thought about making a docudrama about this, you know, faith-based film about just this moment in time? I've been told by a lot of people that it should be made into a movie. I wonder at what point in my life that it might be made, maybe after I have some of these upcoming movies released and maybe I get a little bit more traction in my career. But (laughs) Robert, there's been several people, you can make a movie about that. That's a movie in itself. I'm starting to go back and looking at certain things like, yeah, this, this is actually a story in itself that can be told. So I'd love to, anyone else who wants to make a movie, you can contact me. <laughs> <laughs> the longer version the longer version is unreal. Unreal. Really cool. More details I don't have time to talk about today, but right. really, yeah, I'd love yeah. to do that. I'd love to make a movie about it. If, if it helps someone get through their own problem, even if it, you know, I broke my hand, I'm not going to survive this. And they can see a story of someone surviving um, a full body collision and living through it. Maybe that makes them go, okay, I can do this. And that's part of it is we 
we're all making humanity on different levels and in different chapters. I mean, we don't remember when we were 10 years old or you know, different ages and how you had strong opinions about something or you, or you didn't understand something and how, you know, as you experience life, your heart softens for things or, you know, we, we've sometimes met people on their worst day and they're just so upset. And, and I think we just have to give each other the grace and the mercy of letting each other experience humanity. I think as long as you're not hurting anybody, I'm, I'm more just I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the ability to understand that we don't have to have it all figured out, and most of us don't, and we're doing the best we can, and how can we support one another and be the best version of ourselves and learning and growing together. Okay. Well, it's good that you have this outlook because a lot of people would just fall into despair. Um, yeah, I've been told I have infectious enthusiasm and a really bold faith in, in what's meant to be and kind of seeing things through a big spiritual filter that I can kind of see beyond the material world and, and kind of see, get excited about all the help we have on the other side with angels and really cool things. So I, I just, I'm just, again, I'm just telling my story and I just really am, um, grateful that you're letting me share some of my some of my struggles I've overcome and, and my challenges even just to be here or to be in the film industry and and I mean the other challenges are sometimes you just you gotta say no and that's part of what my book is that will come out soon. So if you follow me on social media, um, you'll see that I'll have a book come out sometime in the near future and I'm really talking about making choices with integrity and how it creates abundance in your life by by choosing to kind of stick to who you are and finding out who you are and, and sticking to that. And do you have a working title for the book now, or is the title already done? <clears throat> um, I do, but I'm kind of finding it. In fact, I have another meeting with the book publisher later today, so I just got until I you know how it is. can't always say things just yet, but I'd love to kind of revisit with you later when that, there's that time. Of course. Once um, the contract's yeah. finalized and they decide on a name, we can talk about it. Yes, yeah, I want to make sure it's for sure, for sure, before I, you know, there's lawyers involved, you don't want to uh, say anything you shouldn't just yet, but I definitely, is a bo- there's a book, and there's a book deal, and I'm finishing up the edits, and excited to um, get that out there, there's a plan for that, for sure. And, like, for you, you know, you sat there, and you made one movie a year, you know, you'd work, you'd fight, you'd get there, and, and the last couple of months that we've been talking... I know that you've sat there and had meeting after meeting after meeting, like the ball just, like it just completely snowballed within like the last mm-hmm. year, year and a half for you. Is it at some point like, uh, it's about time or thank God it's finally working out? I think I've hit this place where, and that's part of what my book goes into also, is you have to really choose your energy and be really intentional with what you spend time on. Like, Later today, there's a major modeling company I have a meeting with, and there's a man who I'm a producer with. It's on an He came all the way from the East Coast to sit down and talk about producing that, and he's a big Netflix star, but that's his directing and screenwriting debut, and I had a very famous person approach me with the book rights, and he's handing it to me to screenwrite and direct it, a feature. He wants mm-hmm. to write a feature script based on this book. And um, he's with CAA, so he's like, I'm going to package it and get it done through CAA. So, I mean, that in itself, as a female director and a screenwriter, being able to do that is fantastic. And so I have to 
looking at my commitment, and right now it is just it's so fast and it's so much. And uh, I just got the phone with a fashion designer, and she wants me to help her with her fashion line. And they just smell my phone rings a lot, and it's just the most amazing things. And I'll say that every day is more amazing. <laughs> I can even imagine. I wake up, I think I have no idea what today is going to ha- ha- like hold. So it's so amazing. So. I mean, to kind of answer your question, it's, it's, there is this thing where finally about, you know, with a lot of people that are driven for success, there's an insatiable, insatiable, like, it's insatiable, mm-hmm. like, feeling where it's not enough, like, you're going, oh, but I need to work harder at this, and I need to do this, and I need to perfect this, and I need to work on that. And so I think part of myself that I love is I think you've got to celebrate along the way, and you've got to enjoy the journey and not get focused on the destination. And, and there's a real balance in life to all of that. And so maybe I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> you know, and I have to have good people, good friends around me that remind me to celebrate and enjoy the successes and, and to pace myself. And, and you kind of have to pick and choose where your time goes. But I'm trying to do as much as I can, as fast as I can. And, and in snowballing, that is a good word. <laughs> it's so amazing right now. And I'm so excited to share with the world you know, the bigger meaning of it is I will do charity work and I'll do some different charity events and things in the future. And, and I really want to be able to involve any of my supporters and friends out there that want to support that. And it's really going to be available. But the, the driving message, motivation and message to all of it is I really want to help people. And it's, it's less about my goal just to be famous or to be known, but, you know, how can I reach out and it makes a real difference in the souls and the people that we, we, we meet and come across that we may, we may not even get to meet. So I want it to be good rather than not. You know, I want it to be a positive force out there. Right. And trying to be a positive force in an industry that is so self-centered, you know, how difficult is that? Because a lot of people are looking to take shortcuts or step on somebody to get ahead. Um, you know, you, you obviously have to be a good judge of character and those people get weeded out along the way, but yeah. you know, how do you avoid dealing the, with those pitfalls? Well, I mean, you asked a couple good, you asked a really good question that I could kind of go into a little bit. Like, you know, I didn't understand what a narcissist or a psychopath or a sociopath was until I got into this business heavy, like four years ago. And that was real tough because you just really think, really? Do people, like, do things to hurt you because they want to? Like, they're enjoying it? Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> and I'm glad I've been able to laugh at some of this stuff. And, and I think there's a lot of misperceptions. Um, you know, we're all different. We're not, we're not cookie-cutter people out in the world. And... Uh, a lot of times I have to do things for myself to get it done because I won't wait around for someone else to do it. And so there can be a misperception of, well, she's very, she's into herself or something. And, and a lot of times though it doesn't get done unless I get it done and, and, it, and you have to go, okay, but I got to think about the finished product, not how this looks and keeping it really, very really important. And, and, and I do feel like people will let you down and that's, I think that's a little, you know, and you, you just don't know sometimes, but you get better and better at discernment and, and asking better questions. And I'm just not afraid to walk away from something that doesn't, it's not right. You know, you can't, 
you can't let that, you know, um, you just can't have it. Like for me, I can't. And so I do weed it out and I do say, you know, you have to kind of set boundaries. You have to kind of say like, and so that's where a lot of what I've worked with, I have to make sure we're doing it the right way and I'll take the longer way and, and, it, and it is a process. And if you need to refine that question anyway, you can like, Please do if I didn't answer. <laughs> no, right. you did because, you know, I mean, there are a lot of disappointments yeah. as well and people wanting to take advantage of everybody. And, yeah. you know, there's that level okay. of, um, you know, someone wanting it so bad that they're willing to avoid all the red flags or ignore all of them. And for me, I'm like, I, I find myself sometimes having to think, you know, I, I was a guest speaker at this teen treatment center because I don't do drugs. I don't drink alcohol and I don't smoke. And that's part of my canon of who I am. So I'm kind of telling teen girls when we're 12, 13, 14, already alcoholic. Kind of thing. You go see 10 steps ahead. You know, you can't, you can't get yourself alone in that situation. And you've got to decide who you are before peer pressure is all around you. And so there's this, it's kind of like, you know, the message you young teen girls that carries into real life you already have to know who you are and what you will and you won't do and I'm, I'm sad. but i get some really creepy and appropriate opportunities i got one just the other day and i was in tears about it because i was like this is awful what's even more awful is when you say what you were offered for what you have people saying you should have taken it and i'm going it's not like i couldn't have been quote famous by now but I'm like, nope, I'll take the long way. Right. And I'm really trying to find people that support that. Like, I don't care if I win my Oscar when I'm a grandma. I have that way you can do it the right way. And it's hard, though, because you sit there and go, well, okay, there's a lot happening, but, you know, it's like fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. You want bad fruit or you want good fruit? You have to sometimes wait a little longer for the good fruit, and I'm just willing to wait. So that is who I am. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you'd rather keep your integrity than uh, sell your soul. Yeah, like I, I joke sometimes. I've already won at life because I didn't sell my soul for. <laughs> you bring up, you bring up my faith in God. I literally have someone ask me to renounce my faith for millions of dollars and to go to their satanic cult. And this is the head of a very big film thing. We'll just say that it's like no, I'm not going to do that. And. If I have to, quote, suffer, you know, in this time, like, fine, dude, I'm not, you know, he's like, that's what's different. Like, I don't think, I think the, the, the core of God is love. Mm-hmm. So if you're being loving, there's no force or demanding to not be who you are, which is love. That doesn't make sense to me. Wow. Someone actually offered you money to renounce your faith. That was part of it. We'll just keep it like that. Literally, oh. I had to rewire my brain because I was stupid because I was a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and a uh, very powerful person. Uh, but it was like part of it was like going to like sa- sa- his satanic thing. Right. Like he was a Satanist, Luciferian type. Oh, wow. yeah. So, I mean, to me, I'm like, no. And, and I mean... Just a few days ago, someone said, I will wire a million dollars to your bank account if you have casual sex with me. Like, right after I put it something really public, like, dude, I don't have casual sex. Like, can you guys, like, stop, like, randomly asking? It's, like, really weird. That's, that's and then very said, that was such a funny joke, and I was so manipulative. So let me, and they, like, literally came at me. Like, 
no, not going to happen. No, like, I found myself saying no to this person for like 45 minutes. Ridiculous. So telling someone that you wouldn't have casual powerful. sex was you implying that you're a high a high price prostitute? Casual sex with me? What? Yeah, exactly. I'm just, you know, this is someone saying you're brilliant. Okay, okay, here's some money. Can we, you know? And I mean, this is where it's just like, like I'm not interested in calling out people and names right. and all that. I'm just saying these are the legit scenarios. That it's like I could have been a millionaire by now, literally right. from these types of offers. Like, so you're like, I don't care. Like, um, I want to. Like, I value better things that I've found in life, which are rooted in the soul and the heart, which right. are giving and loving and caring. So, <laughs> so there. Uh, well, at least yeah. you're willing to take the long road because a lot of people are not. So I, I give you, you know, a ton of credit for that. Well, thank you. Sometimes people care and they say that, and that's kind. Then other people go, what are you thinking? And I go, I think I'm thinking pretty well. <laughs> right. I mean, um, there you go. I so, mean, I mean, I joke know, around because... Instant cause, gratification. Everyone wants instant gratification. Of course. Yeah, it usually leads to a really bad long-term consequence. Yeah. That's what you got to think about. And I, I feel like I do do well in business jobs. Part of that is considering long-term consequences. Right. Well, you know, like I joke with my friends all the time because I dated an extremely wealthy girl about 10 years ago. And I and today I sit there I was like, man, I should have married her. I could have been a kept man. But everybody knows, you know, it's a joke because I still have my integrity and I just couldn't allow myself to be, you know, some sort of in servitude to someone else like that, you know, based on financial gain instead of an emotional or spiritual connection. Well, let me tell you, as a woman who's had some success, it's a real turn off when a guy right away goes, you want to buy me stuff? You want to take me on a date? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, a strong, uh, you're a strong independent woman. It's your turn. <laughs> You'll get that uh, line. You'll get that line at some point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been, I've been getting it. Trust me, I'm too much. Really gross. Oh, uh, people. Yeah, no, I, I joke. It's like, yeah. I could have been a kept man by now, you know, just because I'm tired and lazy at this point. But, no, nah, I tease. I couldn't do something like that. But it's, it's very strange how, how things are going. Um, you know, you mentioned that you weren't a big fan of politics, and it's a very dark time because people are very polarized with their political views and have essentially turned their poli- their favorite politicians into either a celebrity demigod or just some sort of sports team. Um, how do you avoid bringing up the topic of politics in film well, I or in... I don't want to talk about it. And a lot I of mean, people just shut down or they're like, oh, okay, cool. Sometimes people are persistent. I want someone to be really persistent with me, really persistent and say, I know this, 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 and I said, okay, I guess, kind of. And then he gave me a really good offer, and he's a very famous person. He's like, whatever, I mean, I don't want to talk about And I was very cool. Like, I don't want to talk about this. But it's like, when I say an offer, I mean a business offer for a film. Because he actually was on the same, you know, agreeing with me on some issue or something. Like, okay. I didn't really want to talk about it. Right. And um, I, for one, I feel like you have to realize, like, a lot of um, what we see 
on the news, maybe you didn't see the news the day before, or maybe you hadn't seen the news in a, in a year, or maybe because you watched it every day, you're really buying the message of whatever station is trying to come to you. And I feel like there are biases, and there's, there's lots of misinformation in this information age. Like, there's so much information. And so there's a certain part of I just have to trust that, uh, what I can do as a person and not get emotionally riled up and, and, and have unproductive energy towards issues that there's been many times that once I got the full story, my views on it changed. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just kind of dwelling in the, in the understanding of, well, I don't like it when this happens because I don't like people in pain, but I don't, like maybe I don't have all the, all the information of what's going on and be kind of patient with it. And for me, I just feel like like my views on whether something is right and wrong doesn't always correlate over to a political party or politics. So I just really don't like to make that a big uh, thing for me personally. So mm. it's kind of where I see it at this time in my life. Makes sense. Yeah, and the fact that you got offered a project by sitting there going, nah, I really don't want to talk about this. Thanks so much. It showed that you know someone actually respected your opinion and you as a person. Well, I feel like it's such it's such an honor for some of these mega mega successful people. Like I had this person recently just tell me that you know your best asset you bring to the table, Ren, is you know the way you think, or like someone last night was like, hey, that's smart. That's a really smart decision, you know. And, it's just it's kind of like, to me, I'm like, I'd rather just, like, really try to make smart choices and not just jump right into instant gratification. And I think that's something our, just a lot of the people that are on the earth right now, we haven't learned accountability for our own actions, and we haven't learned responsibility very well, and I feel like we haven't um, seen what it's like to really struggle through something and be really patient about it and not just be able to use technology to just get an answer and so like to me like part of life is is, is being patient and um that's just kind of the my concerns about that i guess i mean i'm not trying to like blanket you know say society this or society that but there's a certain part of it going once we are accountable for our own actions it becomes less of just pointing fingers at a political party or a person and more just saying, you know, at the end of the day, what can I do? And that's just more of a thought that I have. Perfect. Well, Ren, I'm so proud of you with everything that you've been able to pull off and keep your integrity and everything else that's going on, especially with the darker side of things of Hollywood. Well, you know, I, I think it's all great. I have a saying I love. It's um, all news is good news. You know, the good news is it's all good news. And... Um, I really love that statement because it's, you know, to me, one door closes, one opens, and some of these doors that open, you don't want to walk through. You don't want to go there. You don't want to have to live with the horror of a life walking through some of these doors. And not all glitters is gold. Just because right. it looks all shiny doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't buy fulfillment. No meaning at all. So I'm just going to hang on to those thoughts and try to do my best every day. Like most of us try. And, appreciate so much kindness and encouragement because, you know, it was tough for all of us. I'm just here doing my mission, I feel, which is to just be a, be a light and, and to be 
to to bring goodness, hopefully more goodness than not. I guess. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on, on your show, Robert. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today. Where can everybody find you on social media so we can keep out uh, look out for what next project's coming? Yes, my one on Instagram is ren.barnes, that's W-R-E-N dot B-A-R-N-E-S. On TikTok as renlove, ren dot uh, let's see here. Uh, Snapchat, Ren Barnes, the number one. And so there's some on Twitter. I, mean, I come up and at different places too. I have page on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. Just um, something calls to you from today. And when I have a continued conversation, love to hear from you. Appreciate your support and watching my journey and how it all goes. And I wish everyone out there well and a beautiful day. All right, Ren, thank you so much. Great talking to you, and I'll be in touch soon. Definitely, yes. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, Adam. You got it. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.